No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. As God gave his people the law, he wanted them to know the difference between what was clean and what was unclean. This was so they could be holy as he is holy. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. It has been said that cleanliness is next to godliness. Although you won't find that quote in the Bible, God is concerned with people being clean. Not so much that we have to shower every day, although that wouldn't hurt, but that we do not defile ourselves with what we take in. We live in a contaminated world, and we have to be careful. When our children play in the backyard, we try to teach them the difference between clean and unclean. A few weeks ago, my two-year-old grandson picked a tomato in the garden and started eating it. We let him do it. But if he had picked up something the dog had left behind and started squishing it through his fingers, well, that would be a different story. In the same way, we must learn the difference between what is clean and what is unclean. If we partake of clean things, then we will become godlier. But if we partake of unclean things, then we will be contaminated by them. And that is really the essence of Leviticus chapter 11. We pick it up in verse 24. By these, you shall become unclean. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries part of the carcass of any of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. The carcass of any animal which divides the foot but is not cloven hoofed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. And whatever goes on its paws among all kinds of animals that go on all fours, these are unclean to you. Whoever touches any such carcass shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. It is unclean to you. The basic principle here is that you can't touch a dead thing without it rubbing off in some way and making you unclean. This was especially true of the unclean animals, that is the animals that they were forbidden to eat. If they died of natural causes, then often a disease was present. Anthrax, for example, is contracted from the spores of certain bacteria sometimes found in diseased animals that have died. Someone handling the carcass could become infected. Now, keep in mind, this was thousands of years before the first microscope was invented. People didn't know about microorganisms as they do today. But God gave them rules that would protect them from infectious diseases. Whoever touched the carcass of an unclean animal would have to wash his clothes and be considered unclean until evening. That meant that you were quarantined until the new day began at dusk. Verse 29, these also shall be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth, the mole, the mouse, and the large lizard after its kind, the gecko, 
the monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until evening. Camping out in the desert as they did, it was probably a common occurrence that some creature would die in your tent. If you touched the carcass of one of these rodents or reptiles, then you would be unclean until evening. You couldn't go into the court of the tabernacle and anyone or anything that you touched became unclean as well. Verse 32, anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean. Whether it is any item of wood or clothing or skin or sack, whatever item it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water and it shall be unclean until evening. Then it shall be clean. Any earthen vessel into which any of them falls, you shall break and whatever is in it shall be unclean. In such a vessel, any edible food upon which water falls becomes unclean. And any drink that may be drunk from it becomes unclean. And everything on which a part of such carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether it is an oven or cooking stove, it shall be broken down, for they are unclean and shall be unclean to you. If you found a dead lizard on your tunic, then that tunic was unclean and you couldn't wear it until the next day after you'd washed it. This was also true of any item made with wood. It had to be washed and then it would be unclean until evening. If a mouse fell into a clay pot and died, then you'd have to break the pot. But if it fell into a bronze pot, then you could scour it and reuse it the next day. This makes sense when we consider that clay pots are porous and can trap the bacteria where they could also breed. Of course, any contents within the pot would be unclean and would have to be thrown out. Anything you drink, anything that had any water on it. If a carcass fell on an oven or a cooking stove, then it would have to be broken down. I'm thinking this must have been like a Dutch oven. Verse 36. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern in which there is plenty of water shall be clean, but whatever touches any such carcass becomes unclean. And if a part of any such carcass falls on any planting seed, which is to be sown, it remains clean. But if water is put on the seed and if part of any such carcass falls on it, it becomes unclean to you. Now, they would collect water in springs or cisterns. A spring wouldn't be contaminated by a carcass because the fresh running water would purify the collection area. And if the cistern was of large enough capacity, then one small carcass would not be sufficient to contaminate all the water in the reservoir. Dry seed containing a carcass would still be clean because the shell of the seed would protect it. However, if the seed was wet, then it had to be thrown out. And if any animal which you may eat dies, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. He who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. He also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. 
So if this was a clean animal, for example, a calf, a sheep, or a goat, and it died of natural causes or because it was attacked by a wild animal, if you touched it, then you would be unclean until evening. If it died of a disease, then you could become a carrier of that disease. And if it was killed by another animal, then it didn't take long for the bacteria to infect the wounds and begin to multiply. Anyone who ate the meat of such a dead animal, that is roadkill basically, would have to wash his clothes and be considered unclean until evening. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatever crawls on its belly, whatever goes on all fours, or whatever has many feet among all creeping things that creep on the earth, these you shall not eat, for they are an abomination. You shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creeps, nor shall you make yourselves unclean with them lest ye be defiled by them. See, I've always had a problem with creeps anyway, but uh, especially these creeping things. Now, I remember a program called Fear Factor on television years ago, and it used to creep me out watching these people eat worms and all sorts of crazy insects and stuff. Uh, God said, look, if you're going to eat this stuff, it's abominable and it will make you abominable. That would include four-footed small animals such as mice, gophers, or squirrels, and the creeping things with mini legs such as centipedes and millipedes. They were to be considered an abomination or a detestable thing and never eaten. Living as they did according to the kosher diet, the children of Israel would make themselves abominable by eating any of these things. In other words, it would defile them. Verse 44, for I am the Lord, your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves and you shall be holy. For I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping things that creep on the earth. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. And really this is the bottom line. God is a holy God, and he wants us to be holy. We're to be partakers of his holiness. We're his children, and that's why he wants us to partake of his holiness. That's why he wants us to be able to distinguish between that which is clean and that which is unclean. That which is clean is going to be good for us. That which is unclean will defile us. And here's the deal. If you're clean and you touch something unclean, then you're defiled. But if you're clean and you touch something unclean, it doesn't make that unclean thing clean. <laughs> you see, you can get contaminated by something unclean, but you can't make something clean by touching it if you are clean. You got it? So here's the deal, is that we have to be careful, don't we? About what we partake of, about what we watch about what we take in, not just physical food, but what we take in through the eye gate and the ear gate, lest we be defiled by this contaminated world. God's word to be holy as he is holy appears nine times in the book of Leviticus. It's also repeated in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And that's only right when you consider that God has delivered us from a world of sin and made us his own and washed us and cleansed us and thus we are to consecrate ourselves to him. We belong to him. Verse 46. This is the law of the animals and the birds and every living creature that moves in the waters and of every creature that creeps on the earth to distinguish between the unclean and the clean and between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that may not be eaten. We're living in a world where we are surrounded by all kinds of choices. Things that are clean, things that are unclean. In a very real sense, we are what we eat. So may God help us to discern what is clean and what is unclean. What is good for us and what will defile us. And then may we choose wisely. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. You can also text the word WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's the word WELCOME to 208-314-3377. Tomorrow, we'll look at the special provision God made for women after giving birth to children. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.